We all know that angst when there are things we just don't know how to talk about. You know, the things we keep secrets about, like our sexuality. We're Sean and Helena Bonito, and we welcome you to the Secret Habit Podcast. We find it so hard to find couples willing to talk about sex and how to live out God's design for sexuality. This is why we are here, to be that couple for you. Relational challenges around sex can be so awkward to talk about. That is why this podcast is all about authenticity with a heavy dose of fun. We want you to experience hope that inspires change. The kind of change that helps you laugh stronger, laugh harder, and sex better. Let's go! We have breaking news. This just in a global pandemic that is not COVID-19. It is the pandemic of sexless marriages. So I'm Sean. I'm here with Helena. And like, where did this topic even come from tonight, Helena? Do you want to share with that? Share that with us? (laughs) Yeah. First of all, I love doing Trisha and that was epic. (laughs) Oh, thank you. No, but uh, we want to talk about this today because... (laughs) We have had this and, you know, we've had so many friends around us that are going through this and we, Sean and I are talking about it a lot when it comes to sexless marriage and our friends around us. And that's kind of where the topic comes from is, you know, one of, one of my friends is struggling after having a baby and then another friend is kind of just like, wow, I have experienced this this influence of older people that they are telling me that, oh, you know, once you get older, you just don't have sex anymore. And wow, where does this influence lead us? We, we don't have sex anymore. And, you know, so young people are getting these messages is like from their parents so many times as well. It's like, oh, like, I don't even want to know if my parents have sex. And then, uh, you know, or then some of their older friends are saying, oh, you get married and you have kids and then you don't have sex. Like, that's just what it's like. And wow, like that was something that Sean and I really wanted to talk about today and how we have so much compassion for, for people that might be in that situation. Because when I hear people that are in these situations, I... I hear pain, like mm. I hear discomfort. I feel their their marriages are actually hurting right now, mm. and that's why we want to talk about this. Yeah, that's so true. Like, sex is often awkward to talk about. Mm. People don't really know how to communicate about their emotions. We live in a world that's very virtual, pornography addiction, so many things. So sexless marriages are a pandemic like i i know people that don't have sex even even for two weeks and it's like that's a long time to go without sex as a yeah you know a happily married couple unless there's some physical ailment mm-hmm. some sickness something more radical going on mm-hmm. like two weeks without sex seems crazy like christians should be having the best most consistent sex yeah god made sex so good we are his beloved sons and daughters. Wouldn't that just make sense that we thrive in it? Mm -hmm. So like sexless marriages are like 
yeah, people that are more like roommates. They might be friends, they might have a emotional connection, but there's probably some trauma in the way. There's probably some lies and negative core beliefs, some mm -hmm. false narratives in the way. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't ever lead to them being intimate in mm -hmm. sexual relations. And it's very easy nowadays to turn on the tube, turn on a t show and you're, I'm too tired for sex. You know, I'm a lot of that, I'm too tired. And sometimes we hear these jokes around like, you know, I have a headache, you know, I too, and they, obviously like those are just funny clips and stuff. But I wonder like, how many men think it's the wife's problem and how many wives actually think it's the, the husband's, husband's problem. problem. It's just this crazy yeah. dilemma that so many couples find themselves in. And it's like, they're both at fault most times, mm -hmm. but like one's always blaming the other. And I think that's actually what leads to sexless marriages. And I don't think mm -hmm. God had any intention for that to happen. Sex is about selflessness and serving and being open and honest, like being naked and unashamed. Yes. And it's not serving from a point of like, uh, just do it. Yeah. You know, like just do it. I just kind of want to get over it. It's that's, that's not serving. Not, that's not serving. <laughs> that's obligatory. Um, and, and Hey, hear me out. I have, I, I feel so sorry if this is happening with you because this is what I noticed as well. It's like, we have this Hollywood idea of sex. And then, you know, so many people are actually so in so much shame to actually bring this out, to even talk to anybody about mm -hmm. this, that they have any problem with yeah. their sex life or that they are not wanting, like one of those partners might not want to have sex right now. Like that is, that is so much shame. And this is what I notice. Uh, people are carrying so much shame around this topic. And also, it's almost like, let's kind of not talk about this because I don't want to be that couple that doesn't have sex or has this kind of problem. I don't even want this to like call it a problem. Mm. And so people just keep on living and they don't actually address the deep-rooted things that are happening from you know, from them actually flourish with their marriage, within their marriage. And that's what hurts me because mm. I'm like, wow, hey, you guys, like there is so much more. Um, there are th certain things that you just, you, you just have lived in denial in and also haven't looked at maybe parts of your story that are influencing mm. what is happening right now, your core beliefs, like you were saying, Sean. Yeah. And this also leads me to like, hun, you know, we're going to be talking about sexual template yeah. and some of the the ideas as to how to how to rebuild this like yeah. where do we even start okay we address this shame and we're now finally able to admit that our marriage right now is not thriving with sex and we're not having sex and so what do we do what do we do yeah so i just want to back up one quick moment i was saying like going two weeks without sex is crazy in many ways and usually if there's not a physical element or something but i think we also need to just say like addiction can cause such a friction and a, mm -hmm. and a rupture in a relationship so that would be an instance where having a sexless marriage is quite common Absolutely. A, a, a betrayed spouse is just not open or available after being betrayed that is totally fair mm -hmm. so i definitely wanted to mention that before we move mm -hmm. on because i didn't mm -hmm. say that before yeah if there is a, a part of you know, there might be a healing process for the both spouses and they both agree uh, that that is time uh, to kind of stop and for for both of them to kind of 
find a ground and find some healing. Um, that obviously that that happens. What happens like right sickness and and you mentioned that like if there is like a physical and and that's what also right like there could be so much pressure also when it comes to having sex all the time, yeah. and you know I also notice um, there's this one part that only oh you know only man want to have sex all the time mm-hmm. and the woman usually doesn't want to have mm-hmm. sex all the time yeah. oh man there's so many women I know and you know we have gone through that where where I was the one that wanted to have sex more and you were the one that just were struggling with yeah. erectile dysfunction and there was uh yeah. there was a season where where we were struggling like this and yeah. then there was a season after birth that, that we were struggling the other way and so it's it's normal to have these seasons and that's why I feel like it's not really like either or. Mm. And also what I notice is what women sometimes do is we, and I've tried that, <laughs> I actually did that, you know, because you were watching pornography or I knew you were kind of getting healed from pornography, I was trying so hard to make sure mm. that you don't watch pornography so wow. I have so much so much sex with you. Like I have lots of sex with you. Yeah. So I can like kind of feel like I'm under control that, you know, okay, if I'm going to have lots of sex with you, you're not going to watch porn. And that's, I can tell you this, that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's not what we're talking about here. That's not like why we're talking about this. So if your husband's struggling, then you can, or the husband's watching, is listening to it now and is like, oh, like you should listen to this because now we (laughs) should have sex more. You know, it's like, that's not what we're talking about here and so I just wanted to reiterate that like this is about a holistic change within the marriage and holistic change towards God's design for sexuality for marriage and the the thrive the thriving yeah of sex life yeah and we talk in episode six we talk about the difference between emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy we dive into uh the broad spectrum of the sexual template, which we're going to go deeper into right now. But that's a great episode to get a better understanding of different levels of intimacy, how they're all playing a part, how we're called to serve one another and love one another. Mm -hmm. And then we're also going to put some scriptures into the description that are helpful in regards to this topic as you're talking. Like Paul writes, like we are, husbands are supposed to fulfill the wife's sexual needs and a wife's supposed to fulfill a husband's sexual mm-hmm. needs and so often that idea of needs is confused with wants and unfortunately wants are often driven by trauma and you want to back this up again and maybe re-listen to this again or you can say this again because this is so good huh? can you say that again i sure can that is so good god has given us us all needs but we often confuse those needs with wants and our wants are often driven by trauma Wow. So we very, very rarely understand what it means to actually get what we need because it's so programmed by trauma and pornography and culture and all these other things. So mm-hmm. that scripture is used as a weapon way more often than it's used as a blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that I think that can lead us into the sexual template. Like That's what the sexual template is for is understanding how to use scriptures like that as a blessing and a foundational piece to sexual thriving. Mm-hmm. Proverbs talks about sex. The Song of Solomon wow. talks Song about sex. Wow, Song of Solomon's sex. is like a whole book talking about sex. Like God cares about sex. He put a whole book 
in the Bible, <laughs> just talking about sex. So it's it's incredible to actually learn from yeah. from the Bible about what God talks about sex and marriage and wow, even the enemy coming in between us. If, yes. Right, like that is that is one of the really important scriptures that Sean and I often think about is and we feel different right like honey when we have sex and it's gone quite a few days like we can get irritated with each other and then we have sex and it's i'm not saying replacing the sex with you know with what we need to do with emotionally but i'm saying that you know we oftentimes when we have sex it's like wow this is what we really needed it feels like the kind of the noise is gone and i have i have experienced that so many times yeah that's so true hon and i think as I'm thinking about it, like the enemy when we're not unified in sexual intimacy, but intimacy in general, I think the enemy starts to stir up lies about mm. each other. Does she even find me attractive? Am I even pleasing to her? Will I get an erection tonight? And I think the enemy loves planting those things when Absolutely. there's been a distance sexually, mm-hmm. emotionally. It's mm-hmm. incredible how the enemy loves to just get a little pinky hold. And that yes. little pinky turns into a whole foot. Yeah, even and it grabs even, you. Oh, sorry, hon. I didn't. I thought that's you fine. Were. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking even like the the message that I hear often is that I don't really need sex. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm fine. I don't. I don't think like I would rather eat cake or chocolate, and I'm good. Or I'm gonna have a cuddle with an animal, and I'm fine. Or with my 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 kids. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like, wow. Yeah. Wow, let's pause here because are we replacing this beautiful gift? Like, I am not saying this is not to shame. This is not any of that. I just want there to be a reflection yeah. of this is, this is a lie. Just a reflection to realize that this is a belief that is a lie. And I'm saying this because I've seen this. I hear this often. And it's also because women have experience either pain with uh mm. within sex yeah. and what it means or they have experienced some sort of program uh, like they were programmed when they were young as to what they believe about sex and and their yeah like their their deep down beliefs as to what sex means mm. and now the enemy is just playing around with all these things and it's like what is he gonna go after it's gonna go after the one beautiful thing that actually keeps you know keeps us unified, keeps us energized, and like that it, it is a gift from God that that does <laughs> does wonders. Like I think you know when do when we live in that in in that God's design for sexuality, there are wonders that are happening, mm-hmm. and it's true. Like we have experienced that, and that's why we. We share it from experience how how we want actually people to know about this and that it's um, it's possible. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it is. And yeah, like what, what something you said was interesting. Is like I don't I don't really need sex, and like this is another topic. But we actually don't need sex, but it's a beautiful privilege that honors the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when we use a term like that, where I don't need sex. When it's a beautiful gift that's been given to us, that is when it becomes like blasphemy in some ways. It's like throwing God's gift back in his face. Mm. I'm going to get my emotional tank met in other ways, 
my husband's a deadbeat. He just goes out with his friends all the time. Like this is the tension that happens. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to go hang out with the boys. My wife is just always nagging on me. Mm-hmm. How could sex even happen? So mm-hmm. then they just come up with these narratives of, I don't even really need sex. It's not even good anyways, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we're literally spitting in God's face. Mm. Like we're literally saying, this, this gift you made, God, it, my, mine's just broken. Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm so hearing what you're saying. And, and what also comes to my mind as you were talking is this, wow, so many times we, we really live under these narratives and then they become true and they infect they they totally impact all areas of our lives not just our sex life like you were saying you know we're we're actually not taking advantage of what god has given us and then all of our all of the areas of our lives are damaged yeah yeah and that ties into let's go into the sexual template because like Mm. there are things that are in the way from being able to sexually connect Absolutely. Sexually thrive. Like it's not just Absolutely. like a one, two, three, hey, now we are having sex and it's no. awesome. It takes no. effort and humility and work and love and And let's surrender. take this as an opportunity instead of being like, I can't believe our marriage is like this. Yeah. It's like I let's take this as an opportunity to grow because it's like I actually, you know, when after pornography and what everything happened, I know I didn't say this from the beginning because I was totally traumatized. After but I was healing yeah after after you healed that's where i was able to actually realize wow god i am actually so grateful you brought this in our life or not (laughs) brought this in our life like that i'm actually grateful that you're you showed us this is happening and that we need to deal with this because if we if we wouldn't actually if we just keep going on this there was this beautiful opportunity Mm. to actually look at our story and be like be fully known and fully loved like be naked and unashamed we weren't prior to that yeah and we truly like this actually brings us onto the journey to learn how to be fully naked and fully unashamed with each other and this depth of intimacy and knowing that actually god meant for us to have as a married couple and i think that's just the the picture that i want people to 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 have right now yeah amen beautiful so let's talk about some tangible practical things like i said in episode episode six we touched on the sexual template briefly but we wanted to spend a bit more time going into it tonight because we really believe it's the way to rediscover joy in your sexual relationship in your marriage Mm -hmm. the sex life of your marriage um we actually were inspired and encouraged to do a sexual template by really two people, one couple and, and one individual. That was Neil and Cheryl Josephson from Family Life Canada. Yes, we're going to mention them right here. they are phenomenal. Amazing people. Yeah. And Greg Oliver from Awaken Ministries. I'll link their work below because they were instrumental in oh, us huge. being able to move into a place of being able to be on the same page sexually that leads to a mm-hmm. thriving and when we say the word thriving it's not like we have sex every single day i think sexual thriving is a is an openness of being fully known and fully loved mm-hmm. we have a baby girl that just turned one and you know our year has not been sex as often as some other seasons we've had and you know we we generally have sex two to three times a week and with a newborn baby like 
that doesn't sound normal from what we're gathering from mm-hmm. other people. And we don't say that to toot our own horn two to three times a week isn't anything special, but it is special. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And we have come it works to a place. for us. That's, that's our sexual yes. template. We've yes. come to a place where we realize that's the season we're in with having a baby, having a business, having a podcast, having COVID crazy, this other pandemic. It's just been wonky. But because of the sexual template, we've been able to be on the same page and say, this is satisfying. Yeah. We're both content and happy. Mm-hmm. But if we didn't have a sexual template, and this is what was happening. Helena thought we should be having more sex. I didn't know what we should be having. So let's get into this before we yeah. go too far. Maybe we should just share a, a, a quickly quick story so people don't feel like we're these like couple, you know, couple that have it all figured out. Ew. Okay, so this was birth from like Sean and I again, our failure, complete failure. We were like celebrating our anniversary at a hotel room that we had paid for and like we were listening to actually family life uh well, we, were, we were given a gift we to get away a, for a weekend yes. which happened to be our anniversary and that weekend was a family life, family canada, life canada virtual conference yes and so we we're like it's supposed to be this romantic time and we're like listening to this conference and we we're like oh you know what we're helping people and like we got this figured out and you know we're just gonna listen to it but we're we're fine <laughs> And then we literally had, there was this um, topic on libido that Neil and Cheryl still talking well, it was, about. It, the, the theme was godly sexuality. Godly sexuality. In, in a way. Yeah, but really the topic was then libido that yeah. we started talking about. Sure. And then, oh man, that turned into this like unending conversation that got heated up. Conversation's a light word. <laughs> and we started fighting and, you know, it was just like we realized that there's this area in our life that we had no clue about that has been bothering us, both of us. And it was it was certain things we really did not talk about when it comes to your sex life. And really, like, uh, there were things underneath the surface that we didn't think there were. And so this is kind of where we're coming in. Like, we blew up. And I think we had, like, a month of just going, like, we didn't know what to do. And we didn't know who to talk to and kind of just, like, yeah, we contacted Neil and Cheryl, and they were super helpful, and they started talking to us about this. And um, then Sean found a coach, and we we really said, hey, like this is not okay. We are struggling, and we need help. And that's kind of how things started to change. But I just wanted to like reiterate the fact that, hey, we're not perfect, and this is actually how it was birthed. This yeah. sexual template was birthed from our failures. Oh, so yes. that's why we were sharing it because we want our failures to be your success. Yes, so good. So the sexual template is a six-part themed conversation, guided conversation kind of structure. Uh, we have a mini course built on it. It was actually originally designed for couples that have erectile dysfunction in their relationship because that was what was going on with us and then there's so much more to it so we really just talk about it as the sexual template but the course itself is actually the hidden gem to overcoming erectile dysfunction and yeah it has six parts and we're going to talk about the six parts today and there's like i said there's this course with great video content guided worksheets and if you want to go really deep and do a sexual template would highly recommend that mini course because it it's a gem it's a really great course that gets into what we're talking about today in a way that's more self-guided for you and your wife 
for you and your husband to do together and create your own sexual template. Because this is like a 45-minute podcast. Like, don't expect everything to be right here. Yeah. That's just, podcasts aren't for you to get the be-all, end-all of everything. I think it's important that you invest some time and and finances to Mm -hmm. create a sexual template. So step one of the sexual template is defining and brainstorming your purpose and goals as a couple. Yes, sexual, but even just in general. Because purpose and goals are what drive us to a destination that we want to get to. Yes. That that motivate us and inspire us. And so many people that I talk to, they actually know what God's design for sexuality is. Like if I ask them, like they actually answer to me, like they actually know and they want to have that in their marriage. Mm. They actually tell me, hey, Helena, like I don't want my marriage to be like. So it's actually interesting because people want to feel better and to have a purposeful sex life in their marriage. 100%. And so many things plague that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. purpose could be one overarching purpose goals there could be three main goals you guys can you have for. an example sean Would you yeah i think share? an overarching purpose could very well be that our sex life is from a mindset of a privilege to worship god it's a gift to worship god it's an opportunity to love one another in worship of god what a wonderful purpose hmm. it's beautiful and then some goals could be that we we have foreplay for a, an amount of time so that we just are together intimately and we enjoy the time together. Mm-hmm. It could be that we compliment each other at least once a day through a text message or a phone call in a way that says, I'm thinking about you. So just some little goals that bring us to a place of wanting to be intimate, wanting to be sexual, wanting to be close. Mm-hmm. And yeah, make it personal. Those are just examples you and I are working on an emotional template right now. Yes. And, yeah. our, and our purpose is to honor each other through love. Mm-hmm. And our goal, one of the goals is to not talk about work <laughs> unless it's work hours or we ask permission. But the second goal and the bigger goal is that we take full ownership of our thought life, our feelings. We take 100% responsibility yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. That's so important, you guys. Like taking hundred percent responsibility for yourself, and I wow, that is so hard, especially when it comes to this template. And also, I wanted to share before you do anything, there is this idea, okay, that I want you to guys have to just the the first idea is to realize that your sexual template is your sexual template is nobody else's sexual template and how Sean and I are having sex or how somebody else that you talk to has have sex. It's your guys' sexual template. You guys are a unique couple and you discuss this with the Lord. Like this is the way he's navigating the Holy Spirit and this is yours. That's the first thing. The second thing is that in order to have this conversation, to do this template, there you guys have to be disarmed, completely disarmed of shame. And the shame, like that you guys are not going to speak out of shame and out of shameful language. That basically what I'm trying to say is that whatever Sean is going to say to me within the sexual template, his thoughts, his whatever is going to come up, I'm not going to translate that language into shame. So let's give you an example. Sean is going to say, Hey, I'm thinking that you, um, 
I'm thinking that we should maybe you should send me a message, you know, once a day to compliment me or like that would be nice. That would be a great call. And I could get offended. Well, don't I do this or something like that? You know, it's that I'm translating what he's saying into shame. I'm actually feeling ashamed. So we are need to have the posture of compassion and curiosity. Otherwise, this conversation is going to like is going to have damaging results uh it really the compassion curiosity piece is important and that you create an environment where you can have this conversation about sexual template and that's just i just wanted to share this before you go in further 100 yeah this needs to be a place of zero defensiveness zero justifications this is a place to listen and learn and tweak Mm -hmm. create something together that works so yes, purpose and goals is step number one. Step number two is naming what is in the way. And this one we could spend hours talking about because oh, we all have junk in the trunk and we need <laughs> to let it out because there are so many little lies, little narratives, little seeds planted by the enemy that keep us from wanting to be intimate because of a lie, because of something that she keeps doing it just annoys me so much and you know what that is that's that's not taking ownership to be honest that's not mm-hmm. taking ownership of like say oh i feel anxious because of you like that's actually letting go of ownership but what's in the way like we yes. could like i said we could go on forever about this but what's in the way like i think that you don't think i'm attractive i don't actually feel confident when we are about to have sex i'm scared that i'm not going to get an erection i don't ever hear you orgasm and I feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. I am exhausted all the time and I hate my life. Like these are big deals. This ones are huge deals. And for, yeah, like many times what it looks like is that it's usually this form of I think that you think. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is kind of how it goes. Like this is how you can think about it. Okay, so I think that you think. This is kind of how you can start writing this down and wow, how many times I've been wrong that, you know, I think what he thinks, actually what what he thinks is actually totally wrong. <laughs> and if it's right and if it's something that is true, then ma- many times we actually find out that it's unhealthy. Yeah. Like it's totally not in within God's design. And that's really important to, uh, to remember as well. Maybe what I think he thinks is true, then we will later on find out. But maybe what he thinks is actually comes from childhood traumas or you know brokenness that he's gone through or yeah like inner child so little sean is kind of acting up in a way that he wants things that are actually really unhealthy and i have to realize that do i want to support that or i don't want to support that yeah that's a a double whammy those are two things in the way yes yeah because you are thinking that i think and that's an assumption from you so it causes uncertainty and then i would be thinking something that's unhealthy which then causes me to see you differently or see mm-hmm. myself differently or in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. So you can see, guys, how insidious this oh, is. Oh, totally. And there's like, constantly going to be things in the way. So don't ever think you just overcome it and then it's one and done. Like the enemy hates you. He hates your marriage. He hates sex because it resembles God. So don't ever think that you do this and then it's done. These are things that need to constantly be revisited because the enemy hates you. Because culture doesn't want you to have a sexual template. Because we are sinful human beings. 
So this step number two is crucial to revisit because things get in the way. Yes. Oh man. And I just want to maybe encourage women out there that, you know, wow, like my narrative was so revolved around, um, I thought like how thought Sean thought that I'm not attractive or I'm not good enough or that I, that like, I think that, um, he thinks that, um, yeah, like I, I think, I think that he is not this and that also, like I would have that kind of idea as well. Like he, he doesn't like sex with me, you know, he doesn't want to have sex with me as often because I'm not this and that and because I'm not perfect. And when in fact, like there were so much other things happening that I was like, what? Like I'm thinking this and then Sean is telling me this and this is not actually because of me. There are things that are, it, it was crazy. It was just so many lies. And so I was so feeling shame. Like this is, you know, I'm terrible. And then Sean was feeling like he's terrible. And that's why we weren't having sex or we had sex that wasn't really fulfilling. Like it was very much physical. Or sporadic because sporadic. of erectile dysfunction. Yeah, like, like we, we, were we, just were just, yeah. we were just hoping for a, a lucky draw or, a, <laughs> yeah. you know, like a fluke. Like, oh, this time it worked. Thank God. When yeah. we had no idea like how yeah. to actually be healthy. So And to be honest, it took me like it took us like two years for me to even orgasm in our marriage. Like that was crazy. Mm-hmm. And we talked because, about that in episode. Uh, yeah, six. we did we did talk about this, but I just wanted to share it here that there's, you know, no shame talking about this because I think that there's so many women out there that are experiencing very similar thing. And especially when it comes to pornography, like if there has been pornography, I have experienced, you know, I watched pornography and Sean watched pornography, so so there was there's a huge problem there that we had to deal with and the sexual template was huge actually like realizing that there were a lot of things that were going on in my head that I was really thinking and then Sean was thinking like he wasn't willing to as well to humble himself to realize that he needs to learn certain things and that he doesn't know everything. And what? I- <laughs> that never happened. And I had to do the same thing. So, like, I had to let go of my expectation on Sean. And, like, you know, I had terrible influence of a culture. And I thought we should have sex a million times a week because that's how yeah. we prove we are. I was only, able, a good to, I was only able to do 100,000. She was asking for a million. It was way too much. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's wrap up step two. Because, like yes, I said, we could yes. talk hours about yeah, it. The ba- basically, about the biggest it. thing is, like, there's a ton of identity statements and shame that's often in the way. I'm not enough. I never get it right. I'm not beautiful. He doesn't love me. And that's really often the bulk of what's really going on. Then those get dripped down into thoughts. Like, I Mm -hmm. think this. I think he thinks I'm fat. Yeah. I think he thinks I don't look good enough in this. I think he thinks that, yeah, like I'm not good enough is huge. I'm not good enough is huge for lots of people. Yeah, and and like even in this season for us, like what's in the way? I I work from home. That's actually in the way. That's a Mm -hmm. circumstance that we can change. That actually helped draw out, wow, like I'm going to get an office space. That's going to fix that problem. Yeah. So it's actually more subtle things as well. So Mm -hmm. let's move to number three. Step three, which is really the beautiful step, is what is true, what is factual, and this is an opportunity for you to look at each thing that's in the way. And if it's Helena's list of what's in the way, I'm going to speak truth and facts into those things. Yes. So I'm not beautiful. Babe, you are so beautiful. I, 
I chose you as my wife because you're beautiful inside and out. Factually, you're amazing. Truthfully, you are perfect, beloved daughter. There is so much truth in that. And when you don't believe that, that's not my words. Mm-hmm. So speaking truth, speaking facts. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's in the way was for me is I'm afraid that I'm going to not get an erection and then Helena will think I'm a failure. Yes. So then Helena would speak truth into that. What does she actually think about that and what is actually factual? And I would say something like, you know, honey, that is not true. Like, I, I'm so sorry you're feeling this way that you would, you would be a failure. I don't think that about you. I think that you're not a failure because you didn't have an erection and something happened. What I'm thinking actually is like, what happened? Like what happened that, you know, I, I just want to know why more, like what's happening and how can we, how can we grow together so we figure out how we can make this work. And, but I don't think you're a failure, hon. I mm. love you. I, I love, I love having sex with you i just want to figure out what's going on i think that's something something like that you know that we are trying to really figure out like from our hearts what is what is true because that's really how i feel in my heart Mm -hmm. yeah so that's uh an example that that's what truth facts can look like and to have it spoken to you from the person you have lies created towards is so so valuable yeah and then even writing those like i just said let's say i'm more of a lengthy person i'm gonna like explaining in more words because of adhd i just say things a bit that sometimes are sporadic um but you know usually sean really um would try to do it kind of like just bring out one sentence and say okay this is the one sentence that is actually true and i would actually say a sentence to him and like we would figure out a sentence that is true for him to start thinking that is true and then that would combat that lie and then sean would have a truth for himself from and i would have a truth from sean that was like that one sentence that he said yeah so if the lie is that i'm a failure if i can't get an erection the truth can be helena loves me so much that she wants to know me in those moments yes and that's a beautiful reminder so that is such a wonderful step i think that step is probably something that most couples have never actually done and we're like i said right now we're going through an emotional template and we just had some great breakthroughs this last few days as we look at the lies and then we speak truth and it's like wow wow the enemy really hates us Mm. and we hate him (laughs) that's why we do this work so step three is what is true? What is factual? Step four is a really interesting one. It's what do you like? What do you want? What do you need? And man, how rarely are we taught how to talk about those topics? We have God-given needs. We all have healthy wants. And we all have healthy likes. The problem is, like I said before, is our needs often get mistaken for wants. And our wants are often based around trauma and culture Mm. so our likes and our wants are very hard to nail down as healthy but we all have some really beautiful healthy wants and healthy likes we have a lot of beautiful healthy godly needs so this step is really about listing everything the healthy and the unhealthy and 
having a conversation about what serves each other. Mm-hmm. And that's why yes. this can't be used as a weapon. So it can be uncomfortable to talk about what we like. We can feel selfish. We can feel maybe it's from an unhealthy place. But that's why it's important to talk about these things. Write them all down and have conversation. Wow, Helena, I didn't know you like that. I didn't know that something that maybe you would want. Yeah. Never thought about that, but that that's very fair. That's very. It that seems like a good idea to me. I'm so glad we talked about it. Yeah, w- w- especially I noticed that this happens a lot to to women where they don't share what exactly they're not used to sharing exactly where physically they feel um, pleasurable and what actually works for them. And there there needs to be a lot of grace on each yeah. other parts to really like be learners of each other when it comes to these things and have a really open mind. Yeah. Yeah, for a woman to have orgasmic pleasure mm-hmm. is different than what most people, most men think, right? So that would be a need from a woman. There would be a want there. And there could also be something that she likes. And, and even like, the idea of a, like an outside of the vagina um, vibrator or a massager is something that we've heard recommended to us. And, you know, that, that's something that if, if you like that, let's talk about it. Is that serving to us? That's why it's so cool to have conversations about mm. these things. It's not saying that's terrible. Let's not. It's like, let's talk about everything. Wow. You like that. That's interesting. Where does that come from? Yeah. Is I that, is that come from unhealthy? Yeah. Yeah, or healthy yeah, part I know. of you. Is that, yeah, is that from your trauma? Is that from pornography? Mm-hmm. And this opens up doors for even further healing, mm-hmm. being fully known and fully loved. Mm-hmm. So that's step number four. What do you like? What do you want? What do you need? List them all and figure out the ones that are actually healthy and serving to each other. The next one is what are your expectations? Healthy and fair, unhealthy and unfair. And this sometimes gets put into the what's in the way part. But for some reason, expectations seem to creep in continually. So I actually mm. put another step in that's like, let's get them all out on the table. It just seemed fitting and it was needed. So this is an area where you actually, which is interesting, you write down healthy expectations. Which a lot of times we think of the word expectations and we have this cringe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like discipline. It's like we kind of cringe. It's like expectation. But there are actually really good expectations. There are healthy expectations we can yeah. have that yeah. create um, some way of like boundaries as well. Boundaries, guidance, guidance a, a yeah. destination that yes, we're shooting destination for. Destination is a good one, yeah. Totally. And then there's unhealthy and unfair expectations, mm-hmm. which must be named. And I know for sure I've had unhealthy expectations that I don't know they're unhealthy until we talk about them. Mm-hmm. That's like my subconscious. Maybe I've done that my whole life. Helena's had expectations. Like, oh, I had terrible expectations. She would think that's normal. We talk about it. It's like, babe, that's a problem. Like, that's actually hindering me from being all that I can be. Yeah, and that was really eye-opening. And I was like, all right, I do have to deal with this. Totally. Yeah. So that is all about, again, getting them all out on the table and discussing which expectations serve the purpose, serve the goals, serve the Lord. Yes. The last step, which is really a beautiful one, is where does grace need to be extended? So we're talking about purpose and goals. We're talking about what's in the way. We're talking about what do you like, what do you want, what do you need? We're talking about expectations. Wow. There's going to be growth. 
there's going to be patience. There's going to be time needed to figure this stuff out. It's not going to be an overnight thing. Like, wow, we have a sexual template. We are now rock stars. It's like, it takes time to live this out. It takes time to develop it. And grace is going to be needed. Not so much of like, oh, he's watching porn. I'm giving him grace. It's like, wow, like I, I can see where he's thought this for a long time. It's going to take him some time to believe this truth. I'm going to extend grace. Oh, he still has erectile dysfunction once in a while. I, I can see now why that's happening. I can extend grace. Wow, like she's feeling like I don't think she's beautiful today. We talked about that. I can extend grace. And it's just this beautiful opportunity to say, there's still growth to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm here for you in that. There is no failure. There's no mistake that's too far from my love for you. Hmm. And that's Jesus. And that's what we talk about, yeah. That's Jesus. So what do you think about extending grace, hon? I love that. I think it's just like, it's so hard. And I want to also reiterate this, you know, when, when it comes to this template, is like a woman that is going through betrayal trauma, man or oh man, you do need time to really focus on changes healing. Changes the whole and, equation. And it, it does change the equation as to kind of where you might be at. And we did talk about, we did talk about the betrayal trauma in our um in our previous episode but yeah i just wanted to share that uh i think it was really hard for me to not feel like not have that shame language not translate what you're saying into shame and that's where grace was for me huge like that was when i stopped translating things into shame i started having grace yeah because it was not about me it was not about me, but it was it was about us, and it was about you and I, and that kind of just helped me to extend that grace, is to stop actually thinking about how like, mm. yeah, about that shame language on myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, grace for myself, grace for yourself, grace for one another, giving it, receiving it. Yeah. Sometimes receiving it is actually really hard. That's why a lot of people don't think the cross is enough. So actually receiving grace can be a challenge in that as well. So learning to give and receive grace. Sometimes that's so we're, good. Which you're, yeah, sometimes that's we're so good at giving it. We just don't receive it. Mm -hmm. I can never forgive myself. Well, Christ already forgave you. All you need to do is receive the forgiveness. There is no act of you needing to forgive yourself. And it's just like this. There's grace. It's a free gift. So let's live in that. Let's extend it. Let's receive it. And what you're saying, like, Pornography addiction, betrayal trauma, adultery, that all changes the equation. Like I even say that in the in the mini course. Like if you're addicted to porn, you can watch this. These are helpful ideas, but you're not ready for this yet. Like you don't have a space of safety and trust and security with your marriage to design a sexual template. That just doesn't make any sense. Like that's like eating dessert before dinner. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just <laughs> I'm just kidding, but we need to say like this. No, this matters is, a lot. It matters, and and like I think we could designate a whole another episode as to like what does sex look like during and after mm. pornography recovery because that's like a whole nother yeah. thing. And yes, this could be helpful, but there's such a um, like sensitive time that you are walking through yeah. when this is happening that I really. Yeah, I think this would like kind of need an extra attention. Yep. So if you're listening to this and you're going through porn addiction, betrayal trauma, we, we have resources for those things. We have other episodes for those things. We are 
coaches that have a story in those things and want to help but this is not the greatest tool for your situation so we want to make sure we say that yes um but that's the steps to creating a sexual template and then the last step is actually creating your sexual template where you look at each step and you put it into a separate document what is our purpose and goals we you don't put what's in the way anymore because it's not in the way anymore you put what is true and what is factual you put in your likes and your wants and your needs that are healthy. You put in your healthy expectations. You put in where grace is going to be needed. And now you have a sexual template that you begin to practice and work together on and refine and tweak and develop and have fun knowing you now only care about what you and your husband or you and your wife are doing that honors God alone. It's mm. basically you and your wife or you and your husband, the married couple with God. Culture doesn't matter. Yes. Everything else doesn't matter. It's just the three of you. And when God is in the middle of all that, you're never going to wonder, oh, I wonder if that's a good thing to do or not. It's like God is the one who will tell you if it's good or not. And, and if we seek God's will, if we actually pray and listen and fast and Sabbath, we read will start. Read our Bible. Read our Bible, of course. But like I think fasting and Sabbathing are the two things people don't do. And those are places to open up space for God to speak. So true. Wow. You guys will get clarity of how to grow in your sexual development, your mm -hmm. sexual unity, your sexual wholeness, your sexual integrity, your sexual satisfaction. So I think the sexual template is a great way for us to get vaccinated from this pandemic of sexless marriages. <laughs> <laughs> No boosters required, I promise. <laughs> Just the one template, I promise. <laughs> so guys, we've had a lot of fun talking about this. It is a huge, huge topic, and we just wanted to make it conversational, mm -hmm. sharing from what we talk about often, uh, sharing from our own experience with the sexual template. There are probably things that we didn't talk about and left out. If you want to share any of those with us, we can add those to the next future topics, but we just had a blast talking about this. We're yes. so grateful to be married with this gift of sex and to be able to talk about it and hopefully inspire you guys to see it as a wonderful gift really means a lot to us so mm. thank you for tuning in yeah that's been such a blessing and again we want to end with this mantra that i already shared before and we want our failures to be your success so we say to you all the best and god bless lots of love Hey, if you found value from this episode, it would be amazing if you would consider leaving a five-star review. That way you are contributing to this podcast being able to be seen by more people and extend their reach so others can see and hear the value that you just got. And hey, hit subscribe. That way you will get episodes right to your inbox, right to your library as soon as they come out. So thank you so much for tuning in. God bless.